0: I'm Max, and you're listening to Zeta Slapetus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up, friends, imaginary or otherwise? I'm Alan.
1: I'm Molly, and I'm a boogie person. Oh, <laughs> I'm Max, and I'm not. <laughs> why would you? Why would you elect like to, to be a
2: boogie person? Did because you not see the boogie? I, person? I just
1: liked that. Spoiler the most alert! She's like not, doesn't want to refer to them as boogeyman. She oh like, right. they're It's The most bogeyman. progressive. It's the most progressive part of the movie. I, yeah, you know, I liked that.
0: It's after some a... extreme sexism earlier in this movie. <laughs> that that is rather progressive. So. Yeah, I
1: liked the boogie person. So that's oh, good. If I was going to be in this movie, I think yeah, I would be, be a the boogie person. person. All right, that's yeah, fair. There
2: hey, listen, know what you are. By the way, folks, this is Zetas Lapidus It is a podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or de and then spend far too much time analyzing them. And in the case of Don't Look Under the Bed, which is what we watched this week, I really wish we hadn't spent that much time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not I to agree. spoil it, but... oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm this, mad.
1: I'm mad. I'm mad.
2: You know what? We can unpack your anger. That's what this time is for. <sighs> this movie was released October 9th of 1999, so it is a spooky film. Another Halloween decom.
0: Yeah. This is... What, how many have we had now?
2: Let's see. We started with Under Wraps, the first ever D decom. Yeah, Halloween Town. Is
0: Halloween this
1: three? Yeah, and I think, that, so that's about a third of the movies we've watched have been Halloween related. Yeah, it's a, a pretty
0: high number.
2: They,
1: they a, love a Halloween movie. They hit a trope and they're like, let's keep it going. Let me they tell you.
2: love a Halloween movie. The formula has worked one out of three times thus far.
0: That's true. That's true. So like, hey, at least we know... Although, you know what? I'd rather have under wraps than this hot garbage. So like, that's... I, I, like, give oh. me some mumusi and I would be happier than this, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that Harold Mumussy. Yeah. Um,
1: before, I, mm.
2: before we get into it, did either of you watch this movie as a kid?
1: Yes, and that's why I'm fucking furious right now.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. The anger. Max? <laughs>
0: no, I didn't. Uh, you didn't? Okay.
1: I, I want to be clear. When we started this... This was a top five, excluding the High School Musical movies. This was a top five of the this movies movie. I was most excited about. This I movie. was so excited to watch this movie because I remember loving this movie You're as lying. a kid. And I have not been this disappointed by a piece of pop culture since they killed off big on the Sex and the City reboot. Oh, wow! My God. This, Whoa. Wow. Whoa. The Whoa. statement. Whoa. That was a... Bold. What a thesis. That was bold. I would say I would say I'm more disappointed than the fact that Samantha Jones wasn't in the Sex and the City reboot. Wow! Whoa! That's peak disappointment, friend. That is incredible.
2: Shots fired. Shots fired.
1: I was so excited to watch this movie and the whole time I was just like it's gotta get better, right? This is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: they're really gonna turn it around five <laughs> minutes remaining you're like
1: surely they'll turn it around we've got time we have the time spoiler alert they did not uh, turn it yeah, around. yeah never never did actually
0: yes, just get that, that train
2: on
1: rolling
0: yeah, you know? yeah
2: never hit that u-turn i i did not actually watch this movie as a kid i did watch it as an adult interestingly enough molly with you for the first time maybe a couple of years ago and i maybe i had
1: imbibed at yeah, the time of watching had, this film I, you know what do you, do you really want to know what? Yeah, sure. Tell me. what. It why. was a hurricane party.
2: Oh my God! You're right. We've been drinking wow. because
1: almost
0: no, the same you know timing. Yeah,
1: it's hey it's, Florida. It was Halloween time or, or fall time. There was a hurricane coming, so everybody got work got canceled for everybody, and everyone's all excited. But then it was like the hurricane's not actually gonna hit that bad. So then everybody, all, a bunch of our friends lived in the same neighborhood, so we everybody came to our house, and we were all you know drinking and having fun because nobody had to go to work the next day, and we were watching decoms. I specifically remember this. Okay. So I think one, no one was really paying attention that much. Two, alcohol was involved. Um,
0: in the eye of a hurricane, it is quiet this movie is better <laughs> for just a moment
2: yes <laughs> the, the top grossing song of the time was heartbreaker by mariah carey featuring one jay-z
1: Heartbreaker, you got the best of me though mm. i just keep mm. on coming mm. back incessantly mm. why? Oh, why mm. did you have to mm. run your game mm. on me i mm. should have known mm. right From Mm -hmm. the start, Mm -hmm. you'd go and Mm -hmm. break my heart. Have
2: either of you seen the music video for this?
1: Oh, obviously.
2: So I had not. I had not. I'd heard the song, but I had not listened to music video or watched the music video. Rather, there is a point at about the three minute and thirty eight second mark where Mariah Carey. At
0: about the three minute and thirty eight second mark. Give or take two two seconds. Gilbert, you ever said about and then given a very specific (laughs) amount of information? (laughs)
1: Could have been about the three thirty mark, but no.
0: Yeah,
2: it wasn't. Well, I paused. So because I was, I was kind of nonplussed. Mariah Carey gets in a fight with herself in a bathroom of a movie theater at around that time. And I have never been more confused about this. And the reason I pause was like, is she fighting herself in a red jumpsuit, Kill Bill style? The answer is yes, she is. And I, I know Molly's currently looking this up just to do some fact checking. But I guarantee you Mariah Carey gets into a, a like a, a, a kicking contest with herself in a movie theater bathroom. In that music video. The
0: song is I great. I appreciate you do the research to watch the music video of these movies. Hey, thank you.
2: Well, it's better than... I was more entertained in the five minutes of that music video than I was in the hour and 40 minutes of this film, so... Not she a wanna bar.
1: shop with Jay, play box with Jay. She wanna pillow fight in the middle of the night. She wanna drive my bands with five of her friends. She wanna creep past the block, spying again. I remember this music video and this song very well. Okay, There's a yeah. hot tub at one point. We, as there, as, as, there as I've stated, we are in my era of music every week i get excited by whatever the top song it is showing
2: the top grossing film of the time was double jeopardy it was not not a good movie movie. it was not a good movie
0: i don't think i watched it but i remember it being promoted and i remember
2: the the basis yeah i've never seen double jeopardy i actually had to look it up because i was like what is i i heard of the rest of the movies on the top of the charts that one completely lost on me wild plot kind of want to watch it but the ratings are really just terrible actually worse than this movie uh, of don't look under the bed
1: bad ratings don't necessarily mean a bad film Okay, well... Think about Armageddon. (sighs) I'd
2: rather not. Max is staring at the screen. Just soaking this all in. (laughs) He does not want to think about
0: Armageddon anymore.
1: He's gonna have to.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, I I understand what is before me. <laughs> I've accepted my fate. <laughs> Both oh, my. in talking about this movie and in hearing about Armageddon.
2: <laughs> Some of the top news headlines of the day. One was that the grand jury closed the Ramsey investigation because Ugh. this is the John Benet Ramsey investigation yeah. this
0: time. That happened this week. Damn. Damn, that feels late for the John case, but I guess, I guess it just lasts a long time. It's when they
1: closed it and said we yeah. can't solve it. Mm-hmm. All right, it's not when it was peak. Like,
0: yeah, because it is yeah. much. That is too late for that. But man, that's the John Benet case. Wow. Yeah. And in a significantly less
2: depressing bit of news headlines, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was released on PlayStation. Let's go!
1: I loved that game. Yeah? Good me game. too. Yeah.
0: Played the crap out of that game. Oh, yeah. I, so good.
1: I didn't have video game consoles. My mom wouldn't let me have them. But whenever I'd go over to my best friend's house, we would play it at his house. And I liked the version where you, like, did tricks on things and then it turned it your color. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, the graffiti. Yeah, that was, the, yep. that was like, the, the version I liked playing.
0: Yeah, you tried to paint most of the, most of the um, skate park.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It was cool. I like the version where you turned
2: on cheats and could just have anti-gravity and do a million and a half tricks in the air before you ever do it again. That was the version I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I think the sole reason I bought a PlayStation if I'm not mistaken.
0: Wow. Just to play Tony Hawk. Just to play Tony Hawk. I think skateboarding, wasn't skateboarding like peak popularity in the late 90s? It, it was getting very big. Tony Hawk was getting very big. I had a skateboard. All my friends had a skateboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, yeah, it was definitely, that was the time for right. sure.
2: And that's when he landed the 900. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So many just core memories unlocked thinking about that. Big deal. Yeah, huge deal.
0: And now... I mean, this is the era of like... Not long after this Bam Margera would oh, yeah. would become big, he started as a pro skater. You know that would kick off like Jackass. Like this was that era of like MTV skaters and music and Jackass and Punked and like that's that's the era we're in. Punk'd.
1: So yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. Steve O, Johnny Knoxville, the whole nine. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Ashton Kutcher.
2: Yeah. 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 The Kitsch actual shows that I wouldn't mind watching again. But instead, what we're going to do is we are going to talk about this film. Don't look under the bed. Are you both ready? ready? I'm ready. Let's dive into Middleburg, (laughs) which is a middle-sized town in the middle of the country. Let's get into Middleburg, everybody. That literally is the opening line of this film. Welcome to Middleburg. It is a middle-sized town in the middle
0: of the country. They do a lot of world building.
1: And I got to point out, no, the fuck it isn't. Because there's <laughs> mountains everywhere. I, I've been to the middle of the country. My whole family, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, everybody lives in Iowa. There's no, there's not a mountain to be seen. It's flat. So, this is not the middle of the country. It's
0: the West, probably.
1: It, it was yeah. probably shot in Utah, like all of these decoms seem
2: yep. to be. I mean, with the mountains in the background, you, you're that that adds up. But ultimately, we have this opening sequence, and immediately we get something that I guess. I I didn't understand at the time, but factored in later. Did you all notice those awful sideways camera shots
1: were that we sort supposed of panned to, and
2: zoomed and were flew we in? Were we
1: supposed to be seeing through the boogeyman's eyes?
0: Is that what that was supposed to be? Why is the boogeyman coming from outside? Doesn't he come from under the bed? Right. I'm just trying to make Nothing it Nothing about this shit makes sense. No, no <laughs> don't just don't. Just don't. Because it doesn't. Nothing about this movie makes sense.
1: Okay. I will say that the first thing the boogeyman does is he moves time forward.
2: Three hours. Yeah.
1: And he steals everybody's sleep, which honestly is the meanest thing a boogeyman could do, is to yeah. rob you of three hours of sleep.
0: Also, probably the most appropriate thing for the boogeyman to do <laughs> <laughs> versus oh. what he will do in the future probably bothering you when you're sleeping is the most appropriate thing the boogeyman will do in this whole movie right
2: because like did i think i grew up with the stories of the boogeyman being like when it's nighttime that's when the boogeyman yeah, the boogeyman
0: will come yeah not i'm gonna rain 20 cartons of eggs on a car in broad (laughs) daylight. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that?
1: So are you telling me... I'm gonna decorate your house for Christmas? (laughs) That's what the fucking boogeyman does? Are you telling me the boogeyman doesn't do me the favor of saving (laughs) me from going on the roof and hanging my Christmas lights? I'm gonna put all the dogs on the roofs. (laughs) Okay, we're getting so far ahead in this unhinged
2: episode. But let's zoom back into the, to Middleburg, where the boogeyman has, via his shadow hand, set all the clocks forward three hours for this family. Then you we are introduced to mom, dad, Francis Darwin, and Albert.
0: I'm sorry, her name is Francis Bacon, and I need to make sure that's noted, because <laughs> the writers of this movie think it's hilarious. They think it is the funniest thing they've ever written is that her name is Bacon.
1: Yeah. And I did ask myself, are either of the parents scientists to name their kids, Albert, Francis Bacon and Darwin? And the answer is no. (laughs) Well,
2: He's a Ph.D. in waste management. That's not science. And she is a cultural (laughs) anthropologist. Also not science. So like it doesn't add up. Is what I'm saying. Also, the fact that I remember their careers shows you just how much I was paying attention to other stuff in this movie. I was yeah. like, oh,
1: that's actually no, interesting. I was waiting building. for them to make it make sense, but again, it doesn't. They didn't.
2: They did yeah. not make it make sense. So we had the scene of the boogeyman setting the hour, the, the clocks forward three hours to everybody. Everybody waking up in the morning, going down for their standard breakfast. Mom making some throwaway line of like, "We had two dozen eggs in here the other day. Now they're not mm. here." Da 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 da. I don't know if you all thought this, but I saw Francis. And they're like, Francis, you're 14 and in high school. And I was like, no fucking shot. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking shot. That kid is 14. Is Did a little bit of research. She wasn't, sure enough. She was 20 at the time of this recording.
0: Yeah. And I was like, how Regular Mike from Genius over
2: here. <laughs> <laughs> but we learn a lot in this like botched breakfast
0: scene because Francis is 14 She's skipped- not even supposed to be fourteen, right? She skipped a grade. She a should grade. look young for high school, and she looks old for high school. Like
1: <laughs> she should look like an eighth grader. She's fourteen because she's supposed to be in eighth grade, but really she's in ninth grade.
0: Yeah, she was. Be- she was. A- they been say an she's older fourteen
1: because I wrote yeah. it down too. Because I okay, been-
0: she would have been an older but, eighth. Yeah, grader. she should. She would have been an old eighth grader then, because w- I was fourteen
1: in ninth grade. They would have done her some favors to make her look young.
0: Yeah, and they should have given her the genius treatment, right? That kid looked young. They yeah. did good job of like, even when he went to school, he looked little and young, right? Um, she looks just old. She just looks old. I also like wonder, this makes me question why she skipped a grade. Like,
2: did she skip a grade because she's smart? Or did, like, they're telling us? Or did she skip a grade because she's, like,
0: old enough to have already been a freshman?
1: No, I I think she skipped a grade because she's smart. They make that point clear. Oh, they like,
0: keep having her say things like, we must find the logical conclusion. If That's you, the, odd. If you drain, the only thing. see the only thing if you, that establishes ugh. her as smart.
1: If you took a sip of alcohol every time she said the word logical... Or Middleburg. You would be dead. She <laughs> says logical every other sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's,
0: they're, like... The, the writing of this movie is horrendous. I got it is say, by far the worst writing well, we've seen.
1: I also got to say this right off the bat. She's insufferable. She's. Oh, yeah. Without oh, doubt, yeah. No, no question in my mind. The worst lead character we've had yet. And it makes me sad because there's she's only the
0: third female lead we've had in all the movies we've mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. It's it's just Halloween Town Xenon and this that have had female leads. And, like, you just want him to be good, and she's not. She it's, is complete. And it's even worse because we're coming off of movies that had likable characters. Right. like Like Johnny Tsunami, likable. Well, Johnny Cabajol is a likable character, right? Like, Ryan Merriman, likable character, right? Like, you're coming off of a bunch of films where we finally are like, man, they learned their lesson. And they made likable leads. No, they didn't.
2: Yeah, this is what's so crazy about it is that the other characters that
0: orbit Francis... I actually kind of enjoyed. Like, Larry? I don't think I don't think anybody in this movie is likable. Okay. I, I, honest to God, I don't think there's a character in this movie <laughs> I enjoy watching.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I hate them all. If you compare them to friends, I hate Brian, them all. Give them I, something. I see what you're saying, Alan. Where it's like compared to the most unlikable character, they're less bad. But I, I do remember Larry being a delight, and me watching it, and again yeah. being like, he's got to get better, right?
2: No, I don't know if a delight is what I think, not Francis is what he I thought. He
1: is my Larry. favorite character, but that is a low bar. The
0: best character is Darwin, who they hook a B plot on and then only put him in three scenes in the whole movie. Yeah. Like, he, and, and I think he's only the best because he's not in the movie. Like, it's, oh man, nobody hmm. in this movie is likable to me.
2: It's, this is, y'all, we're going to plod through this. So we immediately get Francis. Everybody goes back to bed, and this is when an element is introduced that I loathe, and thankfully they stop it after about the first third of the film, and that's Frances doing voiceover work. (laughs) Where she's talking at you about her experience and giving you her internal monologue. And I just wanted that more than anything else to stop, and you know what? It did. Well, once they introduced their narrator. Larry. Larry. Once once the plot driver came in, we, we, we lose the inner monologue. There's a lot of Very quick sequential things that happen
0: that eventually puts us with Francis in high school. Sorry, I I have to stop one quick thing. Yeah. I just have a question for you. It actually has nothing to do with the movie. Cool. So before we get to high school, we see our first glimpse of the boogeyman. Oh, yeah. And it starts with a shot directly on his feet. (laughs) And... (laughs) I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the website WikiFeet, but it's uh, it's a website where celebrity feet are uploaded. It's not important. Why? And they get rated on a scale of one to five. And so I'm going to ask you to rate that foot one to five right now. You you start your introduction to the Boogeyman starts on a shot of the Boogeyman foot. Please give it a one to five rating.
2: Well, our mammoth ratings are one to ten. Do you want to give this foot a one to ten?
0: No no, 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 no. We, <laughs> we give it, it. We got to do w- WikiFeet we we have, the mammoth rankings
1: <laughs> we're yeah we gonna have, we're it.
0: giving it the the wiki feed uh we uh
1: standards here at Mammoth. yeah Ball. we're
0: giving it the wiki feed treatment here please rate that foot 1 to 5
1: negative 100 <laughs> out
2: yeah that's an ugly ass foot i'm gonna
0: <laughs> it's a horrible <laughs> it's foot an ugly oh it's such a Dude, bad foot like and how, i how hate nails. that this shot starts on the friggin' foot man <laughs> it's so bad and, and it starts on the foot and then i know they're gonna put them on the roof but it starts on the foot and then it's and then it cuts to him having a, a dog treat on a string and a dog begging for it and i was like please god don't murder this puppy if there was a way <laughs> for you to make me hate this movie more it would be if he murdered these puppies. <laughs>
2: The toenails are sticking out of the shoe. If you'll recall, oh, but, I I remember. But it does not function as normal toenails. Nay, even the nails that we see on the boogeyman's hand later. So, like the nails on the boogeyman's hand act as nails should. It grows out and in like a semblance of a nail like shape. Uh huh. The foot nails grow up and over the foot like a raptor yep. claw. And they I'm sure like do. all of them do. It's not just one. <laughs> all of the all of the uh, the the toenails are raptor claws. There's And I didn't like that at all. Uh -uh. Mm Uh-uh. No, no, no. It also distinctly reminded me of, at least the shape of the shoe did, it distinctly reminded me of (sighs) some of the shoes that Disney characters wear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the theme parks. Yeah,
0: sure. I definitely got that feeling as well. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It specifically... Lilo's
1: feet.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I was gonna Lilo's give it a Mister Smee, but yes, that's a, another hate, good comparison.
1: I hate Lilo's feet. Like, I don't like meeting Lilo in the parks because of her feet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bad. <laughs> Not good. Um, they're anyway, bad. Anyway, so anyway, Max, what do you, then, do you write the feet? N- no, 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 I just want to see what you did. Anyway, go to high school. <laughs> All right.
2: Also, a, a quick pause because you mentioned that there's a dog treat. The bag says dog food. And then it cuts open and it's a fuckload of dog treats that fall out. And I was like, that's not food. I order kibble for our dogs. Prop master killing it. Prop master is slaying. I mean, listen, they they. He
1: was bored. He didn't care. No one cared. <laughs> oh, they clearly gave so Would much you? attention. you? <laughs> no,
2: no. They clearly gave so much attention to the boogeyman because, like, of all the makeup and, and all like yeah. the work that happens, it happened on the boogeyman.
0: All oh, the,
1: that's yeah. For all sure. That's, that's where, all the special effects went to the boogeyman. Hundred
0: percent.
2: Everything yeah. else is like, nah, fuck it. Like you can just feel that and everything else. Yeah. But the boogeyman got a ton of attention. So yeah, we're in high school. And I think this is just meant to introduce Francis as sort of like an outsider in this space, which makes sense because you skipped a grade, etc. And you're just sort of being introduced to a, quote, normal, unquote, day in the life. And it also is used to show, again, the boogeyman's involvement or this sort of unnamed villain playing pranks on people, in this case, her science teacher. And it also introduces...
1: Larry. Okay, I gotta stop it's us a rapid now. Rapid fire. I gotta stop us now. The but bo- yeah, the boogeyman eggs the science teacher's car and then he turns the pool into jello. He does. As a, a girl from dive oh. team dives in as as she's midair, it turns yeah. from water into red jello. Yep. And, and, and she, she gets, gets stuck. Yep. Yeah, yeah, her legs are kicking up from the top. Now I have a question for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What would be the worst food to dive into? a
0: good question. Oh my What would God. be the
1: absolute, and take out like if it's really hot and you could get burns. Like don't, sure, don't, sure, don't sure, be sure, sure. serious about it's it. It's
0: about like consistency, yeah,
1: smell. smell, yeah. I've already thought about it, so I'm going to go ahead and answer. Okay. Chowder. Chowder is a good answer. Clam chowder would be disgusting.
2: I would say... If you filled a pool with surströmming, I would Oh, god surströmming. Surströmming is canned herring. Oh yeah, pickle, pickled herring. Pick canned and pickled herring that I believe is is Swedish in origin. Sounds, I I mean sounds, hopefully it, I hope it is. I'll look Scandinavian. it up. But yeah, it is it is known as like a there is a challenge for people who are not used to surströmming to eat it. And it's like, you think like, oh, it's not going to... It's just like pieces and fillets of
0: fish. Nay, nay. It's the whole deal that is pickled and put it's in that. Very, uh, it's apparently incredibly salty. Yes. It also apparently, if you open it in a room, will taint the room for like days.
2: The Smells smell. terrible. Yeah. Yes. So when you, when you mention smell,
1: that is immediately what All went right, into my so, head. So two seafood-based answers.
0: Mm-hmm. I... I'm gonna give. I know you said like no like d- serious danger or anything. I'm gonna give it just a tweak because yours are the product I think as intended. I'm gonna give curdled dairy.
1: Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like milk. That's like gross.
0: milk wouldn't be that bad curdled milk yeah, that would be, would be horrible God, the Ble- texture of hitting that curdled milk oh yeah it would the be chunks, bad you'd
1: hit some chunks. oh yeah
2: <laughs>
0: yeah so mouth closed i'm right. gonna go with curdled dairy is my answer
1: i think fine answers all across the board
0: yeah, yeah. all all bad yeah. all bad what would you
2: not want to dive into listeners just think about that okay
1: <laughs> bring yeah. it up with let, your family and friends let us know
0: yeah Yeah, write a
2: review. Let us know what you would want to dive into.
0: Also, just a quick question. Does that girl die? Because Unclear. She is um, seemingly completely submerged and unable to move. No,
1: Uh, she's kicking her legs. She's alive.
0: No, I understand. Does she die (laughs) after the events of her (laughs) kicking the legs? I think they get her out. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Sure. Well, interest- i hope you're right and be yeah. a more interesting movie if they stayed on that shot a little
2: longer. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot
0: of that you know
2: i'm not going to like highlight a lot of the scenes by scene here because oh it takes gotta- so long for any of this plot to progress this is the slowest
1: yep.
0: plot of
2: all time so we have high school which again i think is important to mention as a vignette because we get uh, the first sort of real boogeyman prank on people outside of like the home that you see happen on the town. And then you also learn that it was not just Francis's family that the clocks at four three hours. It was everybody in the town of Middleburg. Once again, everybody, where do they stay? Middleburg. And you also get introduced to Larry. So it's important to have those conversations.
1: Larry is a guy that she can see, but nobody else can. And it takes her way too long to catch on to that concept. That's true. Because... Yeah.
0: Most of the movie, in fact, it takes her to catch on to that fact. Yeah,
1: that's true, because she sees this guy, and she's like, tells her friend, like, "Hey, that guy's looking at me," and her friend's like, "What,
2: what guy? guy are you crazy?
1: What guy?" So then she's like, goes up to him, and she's like, "Why are you following me?" And he's like, "You can see me," and she's like, "Duh," and he says, "No one else can," and he like goes up to other people in the cafeteria and is like you know, dancing in front of them all crazy and and t- like and nobody sees him. And that would be enough for me. I'd be like, yeah, OK, but that's weird, enough.
0: weird, unexplainable. But I'll take it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's not enough for Francis, though, because no. she then like, yeah, is yelling at him, basically. And weirdly, no one in the cafeteria is paying attention to her. Yeah, how do they not know? How would no one be paying attention to her now? Because she's yelling at an empty lunch table.
2: Yeah. Staring at the top of a lunch he because Larry is standing on a lunch table She's looking up at something. That's not there shouting
1: and then she Gets on the lunch table and is like hey everybody. Can you see this guy? And everyone's like
2: you need to be committed Francis
1: <laughs> So
2: we have this sort of event of her first day of high school comes home. And I think what happens in the intent of these next couple of scenes is introduced that the boogeyman is one always listening to Francis, listening in our conversations because we have Francis and her best friend talking about how our best friend has a crush on her brother, Bert. So the next which is, is
0: also, I'm sorry. This is also where they very casually introduce a plot hook that they are going to do a horrible job of, pulling the thread of yeah. because we find out that best friend has a crush on her older brother and the way we find this out is her talking about how he saved her little brother darwin by getting surgery yeah and francis is like well he didn't save him the the doctors saved him and and the best friend's like but he you know he put himself in danger and that's so dreamy and this feels like a throwaway line in the way they deliver it because it's Mm -hmm. like a walk and talk and they keep cutting away from them to Larry watching them. But it's so heavy of like, your brother got operated on to save your little brother. It's like very heavy content and they're delivering it like it's not important at all, which by the way is exactly how they're going to handle this plot throughout the movie. Like it's crazy the way they actually pull this story throughout this film if we had
2: gotten our hands on this script that would have been such a key driver of all of these things because of course it it
1: would have carries so much more weight because the yeah what we haven't learned yet as the audience is that the brother needed a bone marrow transplant
0: they don't this whole plot centers around her little brother and they like they don't introduce him as being sick they don't set up that like you will later learn in another scene that he has leukemia and like the way they and then he's not in the movie until the very end like you don't even care about this little brother because they don't include him he's not a key player until the last 10 minutes like it is bonkers insane the way they build this story
2: we have a series of pranks that sort of continue and escalate the escalation is boog- b- the boogeyman or this unseen prankster plants, potted plants. that says Joe loves Bert, which is what Joe's Francis's best friend. To love Bert. And we Great. never see cool. her again. Never see her again. She runs True. off the screen for exit two. which I mean, she's been in this. It, you guys think this has been 15 minutes of this film? No, no, no. It's been at least half an hour.
1: It's the slowest movie of all time.
2: And we're only here. Like we've not made serious plot progression yet. We get back to high school. There are, there's bees, Everywhere, not the flying, buzzing insect that creates honey and delivers
0: value to the world. No, the letter B. Everywhere. There's also a colony of bees in the principal's office. True, that, they do. That's true. a separate prank. Double bees. Double yeah, bees. They, they love
1: bees. Got a lot of bees. The boogeyman loves bees.
2: Well, you know, yeah. no, 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 no. You know what everybody thinks because Francis's middle name is Bacon, and Bacon starts with the
0: letter B this is the second bacon joke they made too because she gets called into the counselor's office and this guy's like what's your middle name she says bacon bacon with a b and and she's she says like well how else would it be spelled when she met larry he said i don't like bacon like they keep talking about her name being bacon as if it's the like single most clever thing they've written in this script, which it might be actually, you know, like actually, actually, her name being Bacon might now, in retrospect, might be the cleverest thing they wrote in the script.
1: And honestly, <sighs> neither of those are even good jokes. Like, they could no. have been like, oh, I'm kosher. Like, they could have made a better joke than, yeah. than, how else would you spell Bacon, bacon? with a B? But how else would like, you spell Ugh. it?
2: Those aren't jokes. That's just like
1: the spelling of the word bacon. Like, how is that a joke? I don't, anyway. She also in every scene it overacts in the most obnoxious way she does
2: i we discussed this in genius right we we discussed that i have a cringe meter and i believe that my cringe tolerance is fairly low in this group of three this entire movie the level of discomfort i felt i had to walk around the space around my living room because i was so uncomfortable i could not sit still and watch some of these scenes Right in particular, remember when we were talking about Larry on the on top of the cafeteria table and she's up on the cafeteria table like shouting? My back was to the to the television. I was like, I I can't that is so cringy.
1: And the way she delivers every line is like, have anyone seen this guy? (laughs) (laughs) It's not like, hey, does anybody know who this is? Like it's so dramatic and overdone every single line. It's it's obnoxious.
0: The therapist asks about her, her or the counselor asks about her mental name. And then they come up with this theory that she must be the one doing all these pranks. And their mom is there. Mom gets called in. And she, the counselor suggests that, now I'm going to say two, two things. The counselor suggests that like, first, starting high school can be traumatic, especially if you skipped a grade. Fair. That's a good theme. Mm-hmm fair that is a good reason for somebody to act out they don't fit in or or they maybe don't have friends they got pulled out of their environment maybe a waste from their friends that's a good theme to explore Mm -hmm. but the thing they say is and i understand her younger brother had leukemia and got bone marrow from a sibling you know she's probably acting out because she had to give her bone marrow no she didn't she didn't donate it why did that get brought up it's like it's like I mean they're establishing that she didn't donate it but we already know she didn't donate it we heard in the first instance that her brother donated it they don't need to do it again here we got it from her best friend now they're just making a point of being like no she didn't donate it you already don't I don't need exposition for every single fact like oh my god and
2: we'll get to this later like to your point they try to pay that off like they try to pay off her her inaction there as
0: a key plot point, but it is it is bungled. So they like, overcomplicate the themes of this movie. They they could have simplified these themes and made them good. I I think that her theme of like I skipped a grade, I'm feeling uncomfortable at high school would be a fine theme to explore. Agreed. I think that there's a theme with the brother that would be fine as well and and i'll i i'll get to that as well but like i think there's a simplification of the brother theme that could still use this illness that would be fine as well but they just did like 18 threads to try to tie together a ball of yarn that doesn't make sense
1: it honestly would have been better if they had killed the younger brother if she you like dark but i agree i mean dark but he's a fictional character who I don't get no, it. Yeah, totally. But yeah. But like, it would have been a better theme if her brother died and that's what forced her to grow up. Cause the whole thing is that she thinks she's grown up and this whole story is about growing up too fast and blah, 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 blah. It would have been a better story that she, they think she's acting out because her brother passed away.
0: With the brother, since you mentioned this Molly, like the thing about the brother is that he grew up too fast because he got sick and, and she told him like well you just need to trust doctors and stop believing in all that make-believe stuff because you're sick and doctors make you better what like do you know what would be a great theme for that is her brother had to deal with his own mortality her brother lost innocence because he had to grow up very fast being really sick that's enough simple like Her telling him, don't believe in imaginary friends because you need to believe in doctors. And like that, it's so convoluted. Yeah. It's so messy.
1: You know, it's a good idea when somebody's sick. Is to tell them not to believe in the thing that's giving them hope. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, that works.
1: I fully believe in the human spirit and I believe in science and I believe doctors do everything they can, but I do think there's something to be said for the human spirit and the will and the want to sure. fight your battle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you should absolutely pull the rug out from under your <laughs> six year old brother and and tell him during the scariest moments of his life, not to believe in imaginary friends. That's smart, (laughs) that's smart.
2: Yeah, for sure. And endears you to an audience. Francis is the villain. Francis is the antagonist of this film. That's fair. She literally, if you look at everything bad that is happening in this movie, it is, the genesis is Francis. Francis is the actor that causes all of these bad ripples. So I hate that she gets this like hero moment at the end of the movie when the reality is like she's done nothing to earn it. She has fucked with Every other character in this film, she's fucked with Larry. She's the reason Larry is going through his struggle. She has fucked with Darwin. She is the reason Darwin is going through this struggle and has lost his, like, the, uh, being portrayed as having lost innocence. She fucked with her family and is the reason her family's having issues, right? Like she by, fucked
1: with the boogeyman.
2: Right, and we'll get, we'll get to that, right? We'll, we'll the boogey person. The boogey person. And we'll get to that down the road, right? We don't want to, like, do the plot twist too early now. But, she, like, the reason that all of these things are happening is because of her actions at the beginning of this, like, un- unseen. And... What I think is such a, a big issue for me and so hard for me to wrap my head around is that she doesn't admit to it. not only does she not admit to it, she doubles down on all of the crazy bad shit she 's done consistently throughout the movie. She doubles down, so not only is she unlikable, she is actively the antagonist of the film actively
0: hundred percent another interesting thing about this movie is that you know we've we've commented on. A lot of these comms will bring in a narrator, right? Often that's a veteran actor or actress. Debbie Reynolds was our narrator in Halloween Town, right? Uh, Uncle Phil was our narrator in New Yorkie Dog. Often they will bring in a narrator character, and I do think Larry is in that role. But those narrator characters are usually like grounded in the world they they know the world well whether it's uncle phil understanding the mansion and like the money and like the lifestyle or it's debbie reynolds understanding halloween town they're grounded they're a good narrator and they they help us the audience get through it larry is a horrible narrator not yes he knows the world but he also is the person that goes you see them monkey bars and then just runs off screen climbing on like a monkey like bananas, I, bananas. it is bananas, sound thank you like a monkey yeah that's right yeah yeah that's right like a monkey it that,
1: is that was a better joke than anything in this movie <laughs> that's true yeah that's true you
0: need your narrator to be grounded for the audience right. you need your narrator to understand how the world works and to be able to guide the audience through the story yeah. and to be there to like guide the character along and he is chaos he is he is he is a force of chaos in a world where he's like he plays the role of the narrator it's fine to have a chaotic force in a story you need that it makes action happen it moves the plot forward often but that same chaos force cannot be your narrator they have to be different than one another or or now you don't know where to look like it is it, it makes the story incredibly hard to focus on and follow and I found myself halfway through this movie being like, I don't know what's happening. Like it, it is it just a tough narrate, like narrative to follow at all.
1: I think they're trying to do some kind of big reveal. Like I think they're trying to... They're trying unsu- to jaws it. They're trying to unsuccessfully drop us little nuggets so that we piece together what's going on. So then the reveal at the end of Boogeyman, boogie people spoiler alert, are actually our imaginary friends that we abandoned too early is like the ultimate story. I think they're trying to drop us these nuggets of information so that way at the end when there's the big reveal, when the Animagus is serious black and your mind mm-hmm. is blown moment, but they do it horribly. They don't yeah. drop us enough nuggets along the way they don't set up like you're saying max they don't ground us in the world enough they don't give us enough of the backstory so that when we do get the final reveal we're like (gasps) instead we're like what what's happening
2: diving back in we have Frances, as you mentioned max getting in trouble she gets sent home at this point i'm like parents are reasonable and the only reason i'm bringing this up is because i'm like the parents in this film thus far have seemed fairly reasonable and okay as parents and then they're the a caricature. Mo- Every
0: character in this is a
2: caricature. They introduced as a character when they're like, you know what? Francis said it could have been mind control. So I think there's some mass mind control happening in Middleburg that's causing all of these kids. And you know what? Francis, she's the ringleader of the mind controlled kids. Yep. That's the logical explanation to this plot. I'm like, okay, now we literally have nobody in this film who we can take seriously.
0: I think every Yeah I think every character in this movie is very One dimensional I mean the The dad is just always on Some like detail Like I I follow the naval Clock to set all my watches By I'm gonna make My wiggly jello thingy and I You know it's always like he's Always this like quirky detail Guy like that's dad's personality Is quirky detail Guy right like mom is kind of considerate, but a little off kilter. You know, like every mm-hmm. character is just a very one dimensional. Bert yells a lot and says weird stuff. Like yeah, has anger problems. I'm aggressive! You know, it's just, they're like <laughs> one dimensional caricatures. It's It's just bizarre.
1: So what gets established is that Larry knows Darwin. We figure out that Larry was Darwin's imaginary friend, but Darwin can't see him anymore. Because he doesn't believe in imaginary friends, right? which, as we've established, is Francis's fault because she told him, grow up, basically. And And I got to bring up one scene because when I was a kid, this did scare the shit out of me. And it's the scene where Larry's sad. He's like laying face down on the bed because Darwin didn't recognize him. And Francis is like, Larry, what's up? And he looks up at her and his eyes have changed into Mm. like purple and green, really scary looking eyes. And he like snaps at her and his whole personality has shifted from this like quirky, aloof chaos to like hints of a villain. And I I do remember watching this as like a 10 year old and that scaring the shit out of me.
2: Mm. And I I don't want to jump too far back, but I think it's important that we mention this one thing. The plot starts to move forward as much as it can and as slowly and painfully as it does when Larry gets his hands on a library book about imaginary friends. I actually don't know what the title is, and it does not matter. It's the book of the bogey. The book of the bogey. Okay, it's the plot book. So Larry gets his hand on the plot book and is responsible for taking us along and reading on that journey. The majority of that is like, given it to us in snippets, and there's a break in that snippet where Larry has this freakout on Francis because, obviously, Francis is the villain, so Francis is the reason why Darwin can't see him anymore. We get some minor development of where Larry is supposed to try to help Francis fight the boogeyman because he's there to help, so he's reading from the book, to, so, like, he has to make a machine, and does anybody remember what the name of the machine is? No. It's, it's
0: some sort of, like, temporal flux. I just remember the, or the or sexism. Or you
1: the vacuum comet yeah
0: yeah yeah i just remember the sexism with the machine the that's dad all does i remember chores? wait your dad does the chores yeah your dad does the vacuuming this is unbelievable
1: yeah. oh yeah 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 it was a good one because the machine is made out of a vacuum cleaner
0: yeah we have yeah. to get my dad's vacuum your dad's vacuum
1: your dad vacuums yeah. Moving us along because this is painful. Um, they Then Larry's going to make boogie goo, which is supposed to be like a treat that a boogeyman would follow, like a, a classic chum in the waters type situation. He's banging around in the kitchen and nobody hears him somehow. Mm-hmm. But the minute francis goes in there then everybody can hear it it's it's a lot of nonsense the mom's like what the fuck, francis when she goes in there and sees that like the kitchen's been destroyed this
0: movie is 15 scenes of larry or or doing something francis ending up next to it and getting caught by her parents it's just that 15 times in a row over and over and over again car gets egged francis is there lights are on the house francis is there Crazy cooking. Francis is there and she just keeps getting caught and that's the whole, that's an hour of the film. Yeah.
1: And I don't understand why she, she's supposed to be smart. They've tried to tell me (laughs) she's a genius and that's why she's skipped grades. But why does she keep one referencing him? Because it takes her until about this point For her to stop being like, it's this guy's fault. And like, like,
2: it hasn't worked yet. It's the definition of insanity if you're trying the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. And she
1: does. And then, two, if you see Larry or the boogeyman doing anything, get the fuck out of there. Walk out of the kitchen. We are supposed
2: to, through Larry, have contact with the boogeyman. Francis can't see the boogeyman, Larry can. Francis can see Larry, but not the boogeyman, which is still inexplicable to me. Have these sort of get caught sequences. Mom, dad still believe that Francis is insane.
1: Also, the boogeyman looks like a colonial elf.
2: It sure does. (laughs) With whiskers. Mm, That's and true.
1: At one point, Larry is yelling at Francis. Let's talk about the, I guess, quote unquote, crux of the issue coming out with Darwin, where Larry's like, you were glad you didn't have to donate bone marrow to your brother yeah and i'm this, laughing oh my God. this isn't this, funny at all this, but it's this horrible. crazy
0: unearned plot point that is the crux right the crux of this movie is and i i literally thought to myself there's a, a man we're all over the place with this one but it's like what you're talking about Molly. i i, I need to go to there's a question later right before the end of this film where larry asks uh francis did you ever have an imaginary friend and she like raises an eyebrow and says no and i literally out loud was like well that'll be an unearned plot point later like yeah that's that's the movie right the movie is saying a line and setting up a plot point that they will not earn they keep going to these like emotional dialogue moments that they've not earned at all because they haven't established the little brother as a character you care about. They haven't built this narrative at all. They keep throwing in random ass details like resenting or like not wanting to donate like you're talking about. It's just unearned plot point after unearned plot point.
2: It's It feels to me like there were so many different writers involved on this that nobody got their way, but they wanted to keep every single one of the plot points that they mm. thought was important. And that it, does That
1: is what it feels like it is it is just like seven different people wrote this movie it is it, it, it like
2: it is like and for those of you who don't know it is like the Imagineers who made Haunted Mansion didn't have anything to tie that son of a bitch together because Haunted Mansion only works because it gets tied together at the end of that attraction this doesn't work like you had you had what three Imagineers Raleigh Crump. Um,
1: Raleigh Crump, Mark Davis, and Claude Coates, but I think you have some balls right now to compare this film to is, Haunted it, Mansion, it, the most beloved attraction in, in it, Disney listen, history. I am
2: trying my damnedest to get some sort of like corollary that makes me want to not just like control-alt-delete the last hour and 40 minutes that I watch this thing.
1: But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Haunted Mansion famously was the three different Imagineers had three very distinct ideas, and they ended up shoving them right. all together to make it, but... This does feel like you know that improv game. If you've ever gone yes to like and. With the yes and, this is a yes and mm-hmm. like script. They just yes anded the entire script. All and
2: right, was, so the younger brother had eu- leukemia. Yes, and the 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 older sister told him to uh, not believe in imaginary friends. Yes, and she had an imaginary friend that she didn't believe in either. Because this. yes, and but she didn't get to donate to yes, the brother. Yes,
1: and the pool turns into jello. Yes, All right. And. Yes, like, and
2: they egg the car. Like I, it's it is just. And, I, and listeners, listen, we we and we and know it, it feels like we are bouncing everywhere in this. It's because we are trying to make some semblance of thread that ties this thing together. This
1: is as cohesive as this film.
2: So here's kind of, let's let's dive into what I can only call the
0: climax of this movie.
1: I want to say one last thing before we get into Boogie. Oh, Ray. I
0: also have one more note, please. Go ahead. Love it.
1: So, yeah. So we get to this point where somehow, again, there's an unearned emotional moment where Larry somehow figures this out, even though they've never talked about it, Mm -hmm. that Francis was happy. She didn't have to donate because she was scared, but Francis will not admit. I don't know. know, He says something like, you didn't want to be the donor. And she says, I wasn't a match. And he's like, I bet that was a relief. Like they've not once talked about any of this, but somehow that conversation goes on. And at this point we have seen Larry... Through several different scenes turning into a boogeyman his mm-hmm. eyes are getting purple his nails are getting longer his teeth are changing best effects of the film best effects of the film and i do remember being scared by them as a child but at some point francis is being a little bitch to larry the entire film well yeah and larry snaps back at her and it's not even that bad he just kind of like is he's blunt with her about like your brother's in danger or oh, whatever he yes says and she goes why are you being so mean <laughs> acted just like that and I was like because he's turning into a boogeyman because mm-hmm. of you you right. cow like <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Like, What do you mean? Why is he being so mean? He's literally he's literally turning into a monster of your making in front of your eyes. That's why he's being mean. This is the same scene where he
0: goes, you still don't believe in the boogeyman. And she says, well, I've never seen one. This whole fucking movie's about a boogeyman. What the fuck do you mean you don't believe in one? There's a goddamn book about it. Everything you're doing has to do with it. We're an hour and ten minutes into a movie about boogeyman and you're saying you don't believe in it? Like
1: there must be a logical explanation. Just, oh my
0: Literally, god, it's infuriating. I, like,
2: it's there you can be a here here's the crux. You can be a stubborn character. Right. Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree that there have been stubborn characters in films that are written well. The reason that Francis is not a a stubborn character that's written well, because they are making out her logic to be a stubborn quality. It is because most people who are logical and stubborn, when they are presented with enough data in front of them to change their minds, they change their minds. Francis
1: never fucking does. The first character I think of is Hermione Granger. Hermione Mm. Granger is completely grounded in fact, granted magic fact, so it's a whole thing. Magic fact. But, But like, Hermione Granger doesn't believe in divination because she's like, there's no... Science behind this, there's no like it's just a bunch of woo woo nonsense. But Hermione Granger will figure out anything based on logic and logic alone. And Hermione Granger is, in my opinion, one of the best written characters of all time. This is the opposite of that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it, they took just the stubborn trait and nothing else. And then they took it to a logical fallacy.
0: Like the logic now is now a fallacy.
1: You've seen yeah. his fingernails grow to talons before your eyeballs. And
0: I'm so glad you said that because that was the last point I wanted to make. He cut them with garden shears. <laughs> 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 like, he cut uh, his fingernails and we don't see him do it, but we see them grow. He, we see him Pick up a pair of garden shears, look at them, hold them up to his nail. And the next scene, he doesn't have long fingernails anymore. So he cut his nails with garden shears. <laughs> Ooh, I hate just it. wanted that to be on the record. Okay. Thank you. Everybody, we are getting to the climax of
2: this film come hell or high waters. <laughs> so the climax of the film happens in Boogie World, which is underneath Francis's bed the only reason we are going to boogie world and I had to look this up is because Darwin walks through the remnants of the boogie goo that larry made and then spilled and after trying to eat it all god i don't even want to talk about that tried to eat it all and spilled it on the ground so darwin walks through the boogie goo goes into his own room where francis and larry are having a conversation francis sends darwin away because
1: she's the villain for plot and reasons she sends him to her because she's the francis villain. sends him away and
0: then literally the next line says to larry well maybe you should talk to him She's the villain. You sent him away! <laughs>
2: She's the villain! So, since Darwin away, Darwin goes into Francis' room. Where, by the way, Larry and Francis have already had a conversation out loud with their mouths. One real one imaginary about the fact that the portal to the boogie world is underneath... One real one imaginary. <laughs> is underneath Francis' Thank you for bed.
0: establishing it's an You're imaginary welcome. mouth.
2: You're welcome. It's an ima- everything about him is imaginary. He's all fake. So... They, they've already established out loud that the portal to the boogie world is underneath Francis's bed. They've also established that the boogie goo is an attractant. And they have this realization that they sent Darwin with boogie goo on his shoes to the place with the portal to the boogie world. And then have the fucking audacity to act surprised when he gets taken. I, I just, I can't. And ultimately leads to them diving into the boogie world. I
1: have to say another plot point that they don't pay off is Larry mentions offhanded a few times that the boogeyman can't get you if you hide under the covers. And at one point he puts Darwin under the covers when he knows the boogeyman is on the roof. That's a good plot point because when you are a little kid and you're scared at night you hide under the covers. So I liked that they, I was like, "Oh, that's cool. They're like playing off of your actual reaction as a little kid, but they don't pay that off."
0: Hey, listen, so we never, never use it. Hey. It's it yeah. is like seeing in Hocus Pocus them get the salt and talk about putting the circle and then in the graveyard they do it, right? Like they they did it well. They set up the like How to Fight the Witches and then they show you it working. They never once actually have anybody put the covers over them what they do have is us going to the boogie world
1: quick question why are you small in boogie world why is it toy story land why is why are we in the honey i shrunk the kids play set at disney's mgm studios because it's under the bed and that Um,
0: writer wanted it to be that way why i have a follow-up question why do boogeymen always speak in rhymes I don't know
1: either. They never established and, that. And, and, I and you that, know what? I,
0: more specifically, why do they only speak in bad rhymes? Because I'd like to read <laughs> to you two rhymes read that them. they thought read were them. well-written rhymes for a boogeyman. And they stuck out to me, so I just want to <laughs> see how you feel about them. If Darwin wanted me to care, he should have asked for help from where? Re...
1: <laughs> all right pitbull
0: <laughs> and the second one i hate to be the one to tell you but it's not too late for me to nail you
1: that's pitbull right there write the same word also that's
2: a very sexual overtone right yeah. there.
0: well I, today it is i agree i just
1: was like his if fingernails he, out
0: if you are gonna write a character one, I don't know why he only speaks in rhymes. That Never established. That feels unnecessary. But two, can you write words that actually rhyme? Like, maybe take the time. I'm doing it right now without even trying. You know, like it, it's just... Yep. It, it,
2: I feel like this entire film could be changed if any of the seven writers who sat down to write this script gave their plot point an iota of thought
1: again we are in honey i shrunk the kids play set that right we are. everything's big francis I, gets stuck in a roller skate yeah darwin gets captured in a sock mm-hmm. what would be in your boogie world what would be the giant thing under your bed that mm. you'd have to contend your with? shoes i think it would be my shoes giant mountains of dog hair yeah, mm-hmm. I try my best. And in a past life, it would have been dried out contact lenses. Ew! Because Ew. I used to, before I had don't, laser don't. eyeballs, I had the daily contacts. And sometimes yeah. I would wait all the way until I got into bed because I hated glasses. Because I, ho- I had a horrible prescription, so my glasses never were good enough. I'd wait all the way until I got in bed, and then I'd peel them out of my eyes and throw them on the ground.
2: So let me tell you something, Max. And the so- vacuum cleaner used to sound like a maraca it was terrible i'm
1: disgusting i'm admitting that this is disgusting i'm just just telling you that's what would have been in my boogie world hearing about Uh, it i had to clean it like you know i'm the cleaner like i was disgusting i
0: would literally wait you vacuum yes i (laughs) vacuum whoa i know so i
1: ask you again what that is a boogie world.
0: Yeah, Max, what's in your boogie world? Right now, what would be under my boogie world is like luggage and boxes because I live in California and don't have storage. Yeah. So it's under my bed is valuable storage space for boxes. So pretty boring right now. I think I've definitely had shoes under there before. Um, I think when I was younger, probably like lost toys, yeah. you know, action figures or. Uh, Legos, things like that, that like ended up down there. Um, but right now, it's just storage. What would be your kid boogie world now? My kid
1: boogie Fucking world, Magic the Gathering would cards. be yeah, <laughs> probably
2: probably True. Magic. Ma- Honestly,
0: magic cards.
1: same.
2: Uh, probably action figures. Probably controllers for uh, like I, like a video game device. Like uh, I what normally like I would put like I would play on my Game Boy. And I would either set it on my bedside table and it would get knocked off or like I would sure. it, when we moved on to like the Game Boy SP or the Advance, we had mm-hmm. the charger, like I would charge it and I would set it on the floor. So that's what it would be. Certainly not what Fran- Francis has. I want to pause for a moment because this, this is a throwaway line that made me think more than the entire film has made me think so far. They're in the boogie world. They have just into the boogie world. Larry comes down and is like, Francis, let me help you up off this cliff because she comes into the boogie world on a cliff, which makes no sense. He goes, let's hop in that car. And... Francis says, wait, isn't that Darwin's car? Did you bring that with you? And Larry says, you should have seen me try to get it out of my pocket, which raises so many questions. Was it car size in his pocket? Yes. And the minute it hit the open air, it became actual car size, like under the bed car size?
1: Well, I mean, you see him with the car earlier. It's like a little Hot Wheels size car. Right. So you're saying... The minute he gets to Boogie World does he now have a, a full-size go-kart in his pants?
2: No no like no 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's probably still a a tiny car because it's in his pocket. And then it, the minute it hits as the Boogie dimension as he's pulling it out it becomes a actual go-kart.
1: Interesting. I was thinking about the one clever line in this entire film is Francis trying to be like, why don't you jumpstart it? And he's like, because this is a toy car. And he goes, you only had educational toys, didn't you? <laughs> and that was the <laughs> one and only clever line to prove that she had no imagination and was a fun suck from day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that, that was the one clever line in this entire film.
2: So we're in the boogie world and we climax nope that phrasing is important we did
0: we did we We climaxed i
2: I, I gotta say i did not (laughs) the phrasing is important here we reached the climax of the film we certainly received no pleasure from this section (laughs) that's true
0: actually i I take it back (laughs) so we was a disappointing ending for everyone involved (laughs) (laughs) usually i never you know what (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's usually hard. It's harder for women, anyway. It, <laughs> but it is
0: often it's easier for me to climax uh, in a movie, but um, in this instance, harder. I, I, yeah, yeah, not not, not it was stuff for everybody uh, it involved. Was, it was just no, everyone was
2: disappointed. Literally, everybody yeah. left disappointed. Um, yeah. So we are in we are under the bed in the boogie world, and we reach the fight that happens between Larry, Francis, and the boogeyman, boogey person. I'm sorry. The yeah,
1: right time, now, we think it's the boogeyman. Right now, we think it's, it's the, the boogeyman. The and, entire time. And, and right now. It is a boogeyman.
0: Right. The actor who plays them is a man. that's true.
1: Yeah, the he actor's hit. name is Steve Valentine. Yep. God and damn Steve it. Valentine <laughs> voiced oh, a character. God damn it. We're drawing God. We're drawing this out. Steve Valentine. <laughs> it took us till now! We're literally almost an hour and no, ten minutes. Let me, minutes. Get, let me just tell you, <laughs> Steve Valentine voiced a character named A, A-Y in the animated film mr peabody and sherman the titular character mr peabody in that film was voiced by ty burrell who you may know was in modern family but we're not talking about modern family right now we're going to talk about the mcu's worst film the incredible hulk which ty burrell plays Liv tyler's boyfriend in Liv tyler also in the hit film armageddon where she mm. plays grace Yep. She plays Grace alongside Chris Ellis, who plays flight director Clark. But this is not his only time being in a military type film because he was also Admiral Brigham in Transformers, oh. a thrilling Michael Bay film where he starred alongside Shia LaBeouf. I'm I, sure f- we all I know. figured we were
0: getting the Shia LaBeouf treatment. Y-
1: you know we're getting the old Shia treatment. You probably know Shia from playing Louis Stevens on the Disney Channel hit show Even Stevens alongside Ty Hodges, who played a character on Even Stevens called Larry, which ironically is also his name in this film. You've been Armageddoned, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decalm can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't.
2: And that has been your Six Degrees of Armageddon. You're welcome. Unfortunately.
1: CONSIDER YOURSELF Armageddon.
2: So we're in the boogie world, and we have the conflict happening between Larry, Francis, and the boogeyman. The entire time we are in this conflict, Darwin is in a sock. There's, there's just so many strange things that happen, but I think ultimately, like, there's a pivot point where Larry, the, the boogeyman half of Larry, the transformation reaches a crux where he is mostly boogeyman. And then they begin to team up. More boogie than man. More truly more boogie than man. They begin to team up against Francis with the original boogeyman taking Darwin in a sock to the edge of another cliff to murder him. To murder him. And Larry taking Francine elsewhere not established we don't know i think he's just kind of holding her steady like steady got a shitty net on her yep got a real uh, she's not even in it by the way there is a point like they do such she a could just shitty walk she could like literally, it's not
1: yeah. actually constricting she's fine. Her, her
2: she like, would be fine in. she could actually yeah. just yeah straight up walk out her of her
1: arms arm. could fit right through those holes
2: the crux of this is francis is trying to convince darwin to believe in larry again and the Only thing that I got is that Darwin is just reinforcing that Francis is the villain. Because Darwin's like, you told me not to believe in him. You told me he wasn't real. You told me da-da-da. I'm like, God, you are not doing your MC any favors. like, she is a villain even more. Thankfully, Darwin does start to believe in Larry again by clapping.
1: Well, it's kind of the Tinkerbell treatment. It's if you believe in fairies, kids.
0: Yeah, they they have... Peter Pan playing in the library earlier in this movie, and they, they pay it off here with yeah, having Darwin clap. Crazy. And then This is the plot payoff is the clapping.
2: Larry transforms back in an explosion. His boogie flesh explodes off of him, and he becomes Larry again, and he fights in a nail versus enlarged fountain pen fight against Boogeyman so that Francine can connect the extension cord to the flux capacitator to it's a not battery to the <laughs> i don't know what it's called so i'm gonna call it a flux capacitator a temporal well, if it was though if it was back to it would be a much oh, better movie review I would rather back the future for future yeah well, welcome under the bed to a battery she would have died she's she's yeah. actively connecting to the positive and negative sides of a nine volt battery and i'm not listen i'm no biologist but if you are ant-sized, trying to connect the positive and negative sides of a battery with metal and holding onto both sides, you're you're getting electrocuted. Probably That's true, happening yeah. to you at that moment. She's fine, though, because Francine is a superhuman and turns on the temporal capacitator and begins to age. I'm
1: <laughs> just saying words.
2: <laughs> I am. I'm just making shit up. Turns on the time machine and... Uh,
0: <laughs> the de- she g-
2: gets in the DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, That's right. Right. <laughs> She gets in the phone booth, circuit Doctor Who,
0: and attaches jumper cables to the boogeyman. <laughs> I to their nails. To their nails. Yeah, to the nails <laughs> specifically. And we begin to see the boogeyman age and as it ages, it becomes a woman. An old lady, becomes an, an old, old lady. lady which is a crazy plot twist (laughs) what again completely unearned i knew this was coming i knew this was coming the moment he asked her did you ever have an imaginary friend and she said no i knew this was coming just a quick question listen i i love the boogie person thing very progressive why couldn't it just be a guy imaginary friend it's been a guy the whole movie why can't it just be a guy, imaginary friend? Because Larry, when he turns into a boogeyman, looks like himself.
1: Why couldn't it have either yeah, either just been a guy, imaginary friend, or had the boogie Be a boogeyman? Be a be girl. A, it would have been a better reveal if you didn't reveal what the boogie person looked like until later, and then you're shocked to find out it's a woman. Right. hundred percent.
2: But instead what we get is now and only now. Does Francis realize that after electrocuting and time capacitating her boogeyman, that it is her old imaginary friend, Zoe,
1: who's British and a colonial soldier? Like what? They don't explain it at all. (laughs) I
0: think it's based on a doll. They like flash to dolls. In the oh, room, yeah, like maybe. they, and I think it's based on like if one of her dolls was real. Same, they did the same thing with Larry. Larry right. is, a, is a doll, yeah. I know
1: Larry was bed. a doll, but they just didn't.
2: The, that doll i kept turning its head and looking at, oh, I didn't um, like that doll, yeah. That was um, okay. That that's sense. Sense. Zoe.
0: Zoe, so don't Zoe. you love that? As you said, Darwin's in a sock all the time. The character that the whole plot hinges around, not involved <laughs> <laughs> nearly gets well, in a male. Nearly. Gets just like in he's there. not been in any scenes in this movie. He's in a sock. The whole whole (laughs) climax. The whole plot hinges around him in a sock.
1: She realizes that's her boogeyman because it was her imaginary friend. Darwin believes in Larry again.
2: Francis holds the boogeyman's hand. The boogeyman explodes and the flesh is ripped off of Zoe and Zoe reappears as Zoe. As they reappear as Zoe, the boogey world dissolves for reasons and they find themselves back in Francis's room the door opens, parents come in and are like, we heard some weird things happening in here. And Francis holds up the vacuum like, "Mm, I was trying to clean. And then the dad does the dad thing where he's like, did you forget to change the bag on the vacuum cleaner before you used it?
0: Quirky details. Quirky details. I have one
2: personality trait. Right? That resolves the plot because, guess what? In Centerville, yeah, another town based around the middle of something, you have Middleburg and Centerville. What the actual fuck? In Centerville, they're also having more prank problems, so it can't be you, Francis, because it's happening the town over. Plot point resolved. But we still have open plot threads aplenty that we are going to attempt to resolve when Francis walks her imaginary friends out of the house because Larry and Zoe have to go help Centerville fight that boogeyman because they just know
0: it's the boogeyman. Larry has a voice in his head that they never explain.
1: The guy. Guy in head. Guy in head. I know that I'm supposed to believe that they're leaving because they need to go fight the other boogeyman, but I have to assume they're leaving because she's insufferable. (laughs) She is. We don't like you, (laughs)
0: so we're going to... Gosh, did you hear about what's
1: happening in Sitterville? There's, there's a guy in my head that told me there's something going on we down the road. Go we got a jet. And uh, here's another point
2: that I don't get. Because again, God, Francis. I know what it is. Francis overacts this entire time, right? I, I, whatever. There is no point in this movie where any. Romantic relationship oh, is established man. This is insane, too. Oh, Nothing my God. In, literally, we can all agree, no romantic relationship is established at all. And as they are having this unnecessarily emotional goodbye on only one... Like, Francis is the only emotional one. Zoe and, Francis, and Larry don't they, give a shit. They can't wait to get out they can't, of there. Yeah, they are jonesing to get to Centerville. They depart, and the way that they resolve the departing is
0: Larry kisses francis making her respond maybe i am getting too grown up because she is horny for that imaginary friend that she can't see anymore so that's the ultimate blue ball
1: she is the original mate teo
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh no oh no there's only one line that i actually thought was like and again delivered by larry and he's like just because you're getting older doesn't mean you have to get old i was like what poetic What? Um, the movie reconciles and ends with Darwin and Francis sharing a, a bed because Darwin's afraid of the dark and night. And Francis, no, that's not what he's scared of. What is he? It of? ends
0: on the heaviest fucking beat a movie could end on because he climbs into the bed and he says, "I'm scared," and she's like, "There's nothing to be scared of." And he says, "I'm not scared of the boogeyman. I'm scared of getting leukemia again." God damn. I'd block <laughs> I blocked. And I literally out loud was like, "Jesus. Like, this is <laughs> the end of the movie, man." Like, uh, "Holy shit." Like, <laughs> what? A heavy note to end <laughs> on. Like, Cut this credits. is the like <laughs> wrap it up, right? And she she's like, "Well, it's okay to be scared. Grown-ups are just scared and they just act like they're not." And the fi- like the final line is him being like It must take a lot of imagination to be grown up then. And I was like, that's an insane beat to end this on. (laughs) What an insane beat to end this movie on. (sighs) Yeah, you're going to be terrified for the rest of your life. Just act like you're not. Buckle the fuck up, Grin and Barrett, kid. kid. Get ready, (laughs) Credits. (laughs) Credits. <laughs> <laughs> Credits. Like <in> Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> ba, 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 like the tone shift is wild. <laughs> yeah. it's so bad. Oh my
2: god. Yeah. So that's the end of Don't Look Under the Bed. Oh God. Listen, if it was wild for you, listener, I just encourage you to Don't just watch take our word for Don't it. Watch it. Don't watch it. Do not watch. watch this movie. Don't
1: watch this movie.
2: Okay what are we gonna rate this everybody okay i have got here's here's the thing i've got imdb reviews pulled up and i'm not like but i want us i i I don't want to go first i'll go first i'm giving this film a 2.0 literally the only reason it does not lower it is because i see that there is potential in the plots that they have chosen but they executed them so poorly they literally executed these things so badly. They drove it into the ground. They just they they were like they, pick a lane. One. You've given me six. Pick one and you've got a plot for a movie. And if I remove if I remove the rose colored glasses, it will be lower.
1: Oh, I my, my my glasses just, I've I've thrown them. <sighs> stepped on them. I am Tyra <clears throat> Banks yelling at this movie that I we all believed in you because I am so disappointed in one of my favorite decoms of childhood being just absolute trash <laughs> um, I'm giving it a 1.1 1. 1. Yeah. Damn. I, Damn. I think the, the moment where Larry's eyes changed still got me I think that was still a good effect and a good surprise moment for a DCOM especially I think that was probably the first jump scare my eyeballs ever saw but yeah this movie is horrendous the pacing is terrible the plot makes no sense she is the most unlikable character we've seen in a decom, And I'm including the bullies at this point. And my disappointment is weighing that score down.
0: This is unequivocally the worst movie we've watched. And it's not close. I know that we were pretty hard on You Lucky Dog. You Lucky Dog looks like <laughs> an award winner next to this movie. It is... I, there have been decoms that we have watched that I got to the end and was like, man, that was rough. That didn't age well. When I finished this movie, I said out loud, I hated that.
2: <laughs>
0: I wanted to turn this movie off at no less than five points throughout it. And the only thing that kept me from doing it was knowing that I had to talk about it during this recording and you know what? I sort of resent both of you for making me do it right now. I, I think like a decision, this Max. movie is so bad that I might resent this podcast for a day because it made me finish it. I'll get over it soon. But I'm upset that I had to watch oh this film. God. I get it. It's a One. I hate this
1: movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I need a cough drop. <laughs>
1: oh, I think everything you're saying oh. is fair and valid.
2: Oh, hold on! I need a cough drop.
1: And I'm glad to be done with this one.
2: Hard, same. Oh God. Okay.
0: Whoo. Maybe and I. And you have, know what? My rose-colored is too long. I just hope I never have an experience like this with a DCOM again. Same. Same, the
2: reviewers on IMDb were split. It's about fifty percent think this is a ten. What? Twenty five percent think it's a five or a six, and but it literally goes no lower than a two. It is is a lot of the reviews will rate it a ten, and then kind of be like it was meh. So I I I don't understand why you give it a ten and say it's meh. The rating I'm gonna the, the review I'm gonna read is a three. It is maybe it's better if you watch it as a kid. I had a hard time with Don't Look Under the Bed. I know it was a made-for-TV movie that was supposed to be for children, but I don't know if my kids even liked it. It's just so goofy and drawn out, and it doesn't make any sense. Plus, while the makeup on the Boogeyman looks good, the rest of the visual effects are really dated. I do not think it will ever become a Halloween season regular in our home. I agree with this reviewer.
1: The only thing I disagree with is giving it a three.
2: There's only, one, there's only one review that says it's unwatchable, and they rated it as a four.
1: I don't think people know how reviews work, honestly. Like, if
2: it's an unwatchable, give that shit a zero.
1: Well, I'm glad to be done with that one. All right, what do we have next? Next week, we are not watching a DCOM.
2: That is correct. We have a special... We're watching a Diplom. We have a special announcement for you all coming Diplom. next week. Because next week is a... Next week, we release our episode on Halloween.
1: It's, it's a Pom.
2: A D-Palm? What's the oh d <laughs> A Disney, Disney plus, plus original, original movie. movie. That is true. Uh, and we are all going to be watching, folks,
0: Hocus Pocus 2. It's the Halloween special. Hello Halloween, Halloween special. Listen, I'm just gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. We originally because of like, there is confusion around what's a decom, what's not. Originally, we thought Don't Look Under the Bed was gonna come out on Halloween. We did. And we were excited about that because it's a very seasonally appropriate movie. Let me just say how grateful I am that my favorite holiday is not being ruined and scarred by this film that we just talked about. Yeah, And instead, we are doing a different Halloween special that's not this movie. Correct. It could be anything. It, I, I don't care. At this point, at least it's not this.
2: <laughs> uh, so clearly, listeners, we love this movie. It was yeah. so good. Uh, no, I hate don't. it. Don't, don't watch it. Don't watch it.
1: We're, we're going to go back to Salem. We're going to yeah, see the right. Sanderson sisters. Hell yeah.
2: And I'm excited about it. So folks, get pumped. For the October 31st Halloween release of Zeta Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast, we will be watching Hocus Pocus 2, and we are so thrilled. And it's not just because it's an actual, well, I hope, it's an actual good movie.
1: Thank you so much if you've made it to the end of this podcast. We applaud (laughs) you, and we appreciate that you trudged through this podcast the way we trudged through Don't Look Under the Bed. Make sure to leave us a review. Rate our podcast. That helps us out. Make sure to subscribe on social media and YouTube at Mammoth Club or Mammoth underscore club. And until next time, friends, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.